today I get to talk about the vision of the church. Uh, turn to Habakkuk 2. Habakkuk 2. We'll go 2 through 3. Habakkuk 2. 2 through 3. You got it? Say amen. If you don't say, hold up. I'm holding. I'm holding. We ain't got much time. You better hurry. It says this. Then the Lord answered me. Come on. The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. Come on. But the end, uh, uh, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not Terry. Amen. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every end here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so right now, Lord, I pray that you would speak through me. Speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Brad. You know, vision is an important thing, really. We, you, ne- you never really understand how important vision is until you don't have it. Ha- uh, the other day, we were sitting around the house, and I, I can't, we had some friends over, and we were hanging out. And uh, we live in a, a, a subdivision that is, is under construction. And so the, the uh, power is what we would call a little unstable at times. We'll be sitting around, and all of a sudden, the power goes down, and, uh, and, and you're you're just left in the, you're just left completely in the dark for a few moments and and we had some friends over and we were cooking dinner and we were uh, getting ready getting ready for some stuff uh, I think we we're having a few more people come over and uh, and all of a sudden the power goes out and it's one of those moments and it's and it's nighttime so it's dark and everything goes pitch black now then this is what happens when everything when you lose vision all of a sudden what you do is you now then nowadays we reach for our phone come on we're looking for a flashlight some way to to turn the lights on or and then as soon as we get uh, the flashlights going we're walking around looking for candles and we're pulling out all these candles to try to light a dark house because we understand that without vision the process everything that we were doing all of a sudden comes to a halt we do, we're not moving forward until we can see what we're doing. We can't, we can't go on. We can't accomplish the task that we, that we wanted to accomplish because there's nothing, we can't see anything. You can't, and if you can't see what you're doing, you can't accomplish the task at hand. And, and while we understand that in the natural, a lot of times we don't really understand that for future reference. We, most of us kind of take a shotgun approach when it comes to our futures. We just kind of just shoot and just hope that it hits something. But the truth is, is that God wants us to have a very specific vision. Now today, we're talking as a church about vision, but I want you to think in your own life, what is the vision for my life? What is the vision for my family? What is the vision... Uh, where do I see myself in a year? Where do I see myself in five years? Where do I see myself? Come on, could we even dare to think, where would I be in 10 years? Vision is important for your own life, just as it is important for businesses, and just as it is important for churches. Vision is important. It's crucial. Me, uh, my son, I was taking him out when he was about five years old. We got him a BB gun. Come on, we're good parents. Hey, 
Don't judge me. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. No, just go have fun. And uh, so I took him out, and, and we were shooting, and, and I said, uh, all right, Bear, let's go out shooting. And, and so I would cock it for him, and I, you know, I was teaching him all the, there's the safety. Every time the safety's got to go back on. And, uh, and so what he would do is he would just kind of put it up there, and he would shoot. And, of course, he's little, and uh, he's, he's, he's grown up a little more now. So, but he was little bitty, and, and he would just kind of aim out there, and he would shoot. And I'd say, uh, what'd you hit, bud? And he'd go, uh, I said, did you hit what you aimed at? And he goes, yes, sir. And I said, well, what was it? He goes, well, that tree there. And, I, and I'd say, okay. And, and it was just, but what was funny is, is it didn't matter what he hit. He just said, yeah, I hit what I was aiming at. He would just shoot randomly, and, it, and it, if it hit something, he would say, yeah, that was what I was aiming at. But as he got a little bit older, I said, listen, son, you ha- listen, uh, having a gun is awesome, but you have to know how to aim it in order for it to be effective. And so I started giving him a target to aim at. He couldn't just shoot randomly. I gave him a target to aim at. But I think, and whenever that happened, he started, he started really, and, it, and he would miss it, and he would miss it, and he would miss it. But at, slowly but surely, he became more effective at hitting the target because there, he had something to aim at. Most of us live our lives just throwing darts, hoping that it hits something. And if it does hit something, we walk up and we paint a circle around it and say, I hit my target. But the truth is, is that God wants you to aim at something, draw a target and say, this is what I'm going for. This is what I'm aiming for. This is what I'm going to hit this year. In five years, in 10 years, this is what I'm going to hit. It's more complicated, but it's more effective. Yeah, I know you got a job, but is is it the job that you want? Yeah, I know you finally found a man, but is it the right man? Okay, I ain't going to meddle too much. Vision is important. Set yourself goals and start accomplishing them. If you don't have a goal, guess what? You will never, you will never fail and you will never accomplish if you don't set your goal, you just end up going through life and saying, okay, well, yeah, I made it. I made it this far, and yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I got a little bit of a raise. But, but the thing is, is that if you'll set a goal and say, this is where I want, this is what I'm believing God for, and you start putting your faith, and you start putting vision out there, set vision for your family. Set vision and, and, and make it plain so that your family can run. Man, this is good preaching. Vision is crucial. It's important. I love this right here. It says this, a clear written vision will keep you motivated and focused. It is an important key to success in any endeavor of life. I was uh, listening to a podcast from Brian Houston not too long ago, and he said, uh, of course, y'all know Brian, you might not know Brian Houston, but Hillsong, he, he pastors Hillsong Church, ma- massive mega church that has campuses all across the world, and, and they record albums and worship albums and all this stuff. And he was saying, he said, well, one day early on in our church, when we were just a, 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 a like 100 people, we, I sat down one day and I began to write down what I saw in my church. 
church. And he said, and as I wrote it down, I mean, he said, I had stuff coming out of me like, I see campuses. I, I, I see us recording worship albums. And he starts writing all of this stuff. None of what he had, could see in the natural was there. But he began to write down a vision and what God had put in his heart. Now then you look, and, and he said, now if you look at that page and you look at that paper of what I'd written 20 plus years ago or however many years ago it was, he said, it looks exactly like the church that I preach at today. It didn't look at like the church that I preached at that time, but it looked like the church because he wrote down a vision and he kept it before him and God gave it to him. Vision is important. So it's time. I got to move. Today I want to paint a target. It's important for us to understand as a church, we've had tremendous success and God has blessed us. But, you know, you know, have you ever, what, you ever watched Survival? I, how many like Bear Grylls? I'm a Bear Grylls fan. Hey, that dude's a manly man. I mean, if you got a name like Bear, that's, that's pretty awesome. But, uh, but he, he was saying, um, he was saying when you're walking in the woods, if you're, if you're lost and you're walking in the woods, you don't have any, any, you don't know where you're going. He said every now and then, whatever, if you're right-handed or left-handed, depending on what you are, every now and then, so I'm right-handed, I would need to turn and face to the left because my right leg would pull me into a circle. And what you end up doing is making circles instead of going in the direction that you're headed. And, and so you have to turn, and, and every now and then, that's why we do this about every six months, is because every now and then it's just turning and making sure we're staying on course. Amen? So today I want to talk to you about the vision of the church, Royce City. Our vision is very simple and it's very plain. It's this. It's to create an atmosphere for people to encounter Jesus. That is the vision of the church, Royce City. People go, well, what's your vision? And they expect 15,000 statements. And, and, and we're supposed to have all. The truth is, is that we set it simple because I want you to remember it. Come on, there, there's an old saying that says, keep it simple, stupid. And, and that's the way I feel. Uh, I, I think we want to create an atmosphere for people to encounter Jesus. See, a lot of churches, you come in and you see it, and, and it's all about a platform. And it's all about the people on the platform. And it's all about the pastor. But we know this, that it takes a body to create an atmosphere for you to encounter Jesus. The reason why that is, is because somebody it, it greeted you in the parking lot, waved you, and, and parked you, and so you felt comfortable coming in. And, and not even knowing it, they're creating an atmosphere so that you can be a little more at ease. And then somebody comes in, and they, they're checking your kids in. They're smiling. They better be. They better be friendly, and they're saying, hi, how are you doing? And you know that there's a check-in system and there's order and everything is in place. And because of that, you know that your kids are safe and you can leave them. There's somebody there to take the kids and to teach them and to preach the gospel and to rock babies. And because of that, you're able to come into a worship experience and not worry about it. Because now then you have people that show up at 6.30 in the morning to set all of this equipment up. Because they're trying to create an atmosphere for somebody to encounter Jesus 
Jesus. Now then you see people that practiced an instrument weeks and weeks and weeks and years and years and they practice on the days off when they're, you're not even around. They get up and they practice and they work and they work and they work. The reason why is because they want to create an atmosphere for you to encounter Jesus. Come on. There's people that make coffee so that you won't be in a bad mood so you can create an atmosphere for you to encounter Jesus. Come on, somebody. There's ushers that ush so that you can encounter Jesus. I just really quickly want to just have my staff stand up. Jimmy Sy, who's over our ushers, stand up. Nancy is over hospitality. Come on. Michael is over production. Stand on your feet, Michael. Candace is over worship. Come on, Candace, stand up. Crystal Figueroa is over our media. Come on, somebody. She does check in, too. Matt uh, Brewer is over our parking lot. Matt's in the house. There he is. Come on, somebody. Melissa is over our tiny walkers. Melissa Hoy, stand on your feet. Angelica Plata is over our children's. Come on, Angelica. There she is. All of these people are working to create an atmosphere so that you can encounter Jesus. They have teams. You can sit down. They have teams that work hard, and they impart this so that you can come in and encounter Jesus. Everything that we do points to Jesus. Everything that we do. Everything that we do points to Jesus. Let me tell you this, church. It is all about Jesus. And if we don't stay focused on that, we end up going in the wrong direction. And you, you, can, you can say what you want, but when you come in and everything, somebody was com- coming, drove up one day, and they, they saw signs out pointing them in the direction to get to the church. And, and, and they came up to us and they said, you know, I saw the signs, and it was like y'all were, y'all were waiting on me to show up. And because of that, it just made me feel so welcome, like you were, you were expecting me. And that right there, without even knowing it, they set up a sign and they worked hard, but it created an atmosphere so they could come in and they could encounter Jesus. Amen. That's our, that's our primary focus. Amen. This is how we carry it out. We carry it out. We carry our vision out on, number one, we carry it out on weekend services. These are our weekend experiences. This is what you're sitting in right now. Everything that we do, it's all polished, it's shined up, it looks good. And, uh, you know, September 28th of 2014, we launched the church, Roy City. And, uh, and it was one of the scariest things because we're in a town and we didn't know anybody. And so we just kind of prayed, Lord, let somebody show up. We had an 11 a.m. service and, and people started coming, coming and we were so excited because God had blessed us. And then now then you turn around and one year later, not only do we have, uh, we, we have an 11.30 uh, now, but we have three services to choose from. We went from one to three. Come on, somebody. You, you, you got to see that, that uh, and, there, and this isn't a brag on, on me. This is a brag on you. You're bringing people. You're, 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 you're inviting people. You're telling them to come. Uh, th- this, uh, we have on average, uh, we have average attendance of 380 plus every Sunday. That's our average attendance. Come on. 
We baptized 26 people. Come on. If, you're, if you want to be baptized, we have one coming up. Be sure to sign up. Don't miss a baptism service. Maybe you say, well, I've already been baptized, but man, maybe you, have, maybe you haven't been walking with God. It's a good time to get re-baptized if you want to. Uh, you, you, there's no rule of how many times. Well, I've, only been, I've been in the water once. That's all I can do. Uh, but, but maybe you haven't been baptized at all. Let me encourage you. It's important. If Jesus did it, I think you should do it. Amen? Uh, We baptized 26 people. Come on. And this is a great number. We've seen 697 salvations in one year. And here we prayed that first week. We prayed for people. Lord, give us people. Give us people. And people showed up. And today our prayer still is, Lord, give us more people. See, we went to three services, not for comfort, but so that we could reach more people. And, and I know a lot of people have this first thought. They, they think, well, why would I? It, it's, sometimes it's hard for me to find a seat now. Why would I invite people? I ain't giving up my chair. I finally got a seat. The truth is, is that the reason why we invite people is because that's what it's all about. It's about us coming together to create an atmosphere for people to encounter Jesus. I love Lord, Luke 15, 14, 23 in the Living Bible. It says this, go out into the country lanes, come on, into the grocery stores, into the homes, into the office buildings, come on youth, into the schools, into the hedges, and urge anyone you find to come so that my house may be, so that my house may be, so that my house may be partially full. May, it may be comfortably full so that I have enough room that I can stretch out if I want to because i got to get my worship on. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be just, just enough room where I have plenty of, uh, of parking and I, and I can park my big old truck. I, I, there's got, no, the Bible says bring them in so that my house may be full. We want a full house. Amen. The second thing is through personal devotion. Personal devotion. We believe this, that God wants a relationship with you, not a religious duty. I I think that most of us have a misconception of what uh, personal devotion is. We sit back and we think, oh, well, i got to read 18 chapters in the Bible every morning, and i got to get up at least at 3.30, because if I'm not up at that time, God doesn't think I'm doing it. No, listen, God doesn't even want to be around you at 3.30 in the morning. He's like, you just sleep. I'll keep an eye on you. Uh, but but the, the, the thing is, is that you, personal devotion is exactly that. It's a personal time with God. It's, maybe it's driving in the car because you had a hard morning or you got up late and you're just praying and saying, God, I just thank you for this day. Lord, use me. And you just begin to pray and talk to God just like you talk to a friend. Personal devotion. Let me say this. I study and I, and I preach on a Sunday morning because that is my job. That's my profession. But on Monday morning, I get up and I read my Bible because I love God. And I pray on Monday morning because I have a relationship. I did that long before I ever preached because God wants you to have a personal devotion. Number three, serve teams. Come on. We had uh, our launch team. I mean, we had our dream team party on uh, Sunday. Come on. That was. Ain't no party like a dream team party. Come on. I had somebody come up. They go, this is the most fun I've ever had without alcohol. (laughs) That's good. That's good. We're having fun. We like to have fun. 
But we believe in serve teams. We know this, that right now we have 170 rostered volunteers in our, uh, that serve on, on just however often they need to be served. We have these people that work hard. They show up and they serve. Let me just say this. They're not any less busy than you. They have, th- they have lives, and some of them are probably busier than you, but they know this, that God has called them not to sit in a chair and do nothing and cross their arms and just say, well, I'm here to be fed. They understand that God has given them gifts, has given them talent, has given them ability, and each one, and there's some of you that'll walk in, and you're not very personable. You shouldn't be put at a front door because you're not very nice, and you, you're, you're just always thinking about tasks, and, but you walk in, and you see, oh, this chair is out of order and it needs to be fixed. Come on, Michael Hoy. And and it needs to it needs to he, 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 it needs to be just right, and if it's not just right, and I love that because it's a gift that he's using, and he comes in, and he straightens up chairs, and he makes sure that is a gift, a talent that's needed in the body of Christ, right? Amen. But then there's somebody that comes in, and they see somebody sitting by themselves, and they think, oh man, that person's lonely. Who's going to love on them? Who's going to hug them? Who's going to make sure that they're okay? That's equally as important. Serve teams are crucial. And I encourage you, our pathway to membership is our next steps. And then when you go through our next steps class, it's a short two-hour class on a Sunday. We feed you. We take care of your kids. You join the church, and we get you signed up, and you begin to serve. And I I promise, I've seen people so fulfilled in that moment. There was one lady who said, I never realized, I, I thought there was too many issues and too many problems in my life for me to serve. But Pastor Brian and Crystal kept encouraging me, so finally I signed up for a serve team. And she said, as I made coffee, I didn't realize it at the time, but I realized later on that as I was making coffee, God, as I was working outwardly, God began to do something inwardly. 1 Peter 4.10 in the New Living says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Amen. The fourth thing is community groups. We are a a church of community groups, not with community groups. We really do believe that we're better together. I believe that there's times in your life, really all the time in your life, where you need relationships. You need friends to come along you and support you. Say that it's going to be okay. I could go on and on about this, but I actually just preached an entire message on this. I encourage you to go online and listen to this message on community groups. The fifth one, and this is where we end. The fifth, fifth way we do this is through missions. We do missions and outreach. We are a church not confined to four walls. We are going farther. A lot of times you come in and you think, oh, this is all there is. This is, this is it. This is, this is what we do. And, but the truth is, is that we are doing so much more. We're doing so much more than you realize. Because of your generosity, we've given away $22,326 in global and local missions. We gave over $10,000 worth of equipment to a church plant in Baton Rouge in San Antonio. Come on. Through our partnership with ARC, we helped launch 22 churches this month alone. Come on. 
We gave 5,000 Bibles away to pastors in Ecuador who had no Bibles. See, when we all come together, we, we can accomplish so much more. When we keep the vision plain and we understand that, that we really are better together and we, be, we begin to combine our efforts, we begin to do so much more. So what are we going to do this next year? We're going to send groups to the mission field. We will launch an internship program for our youth. Come on. We will launch over 20 uh, new community groups in the name of, we need community. Listen, if you have a home, we need your home. I have 40 people showing up. People go, well, I don't want 40 people. I don't want 40 people either. That's why we need homes. A community group is supposed to be 8, 10, 12. But listen, they're going to come because we know that we love, we love relationships. But we, we are going to launch over 20 community groups. We will have 340 rostered volunteers on our dream team. Come on, I'm talking vision. We will have over 700 in attendance on a Sunday, average attendance on a Sunday this time next year. And we will be sitting in a brand new, paid for, 500 seat auditorium that we don't have to set up, that we don't have to cram in. Come on. God's going to do it. It's scary talking vision because once it's out there, it's out there. But God loves big faith. Don't be afraid to part, paint a target. Don't be afraid to say, this is, this is where I'm going this year. I would encourage you personally to say, sit down with your wife or your husband and say, Go, where are we going? The, uh, this whole last year, our, our theme was, and you can see it there in your chair in your worship guide, it says this, you were made to belong. This year, our new theme, You were made for more. It's going to be a good year, amen?